Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday. So I'm here with Mike Scandato. How's it going, Mike? It is going well. What's up, everybody? As Mike Hill just said, you are listening to the Necromaniacs horror podcast coming at you every single frigging Thursday. Winding down August 2022, huh, Mike? Yeah, summer is definitely on the wind down, man. And I, I got to say, I'm looking forward to uh, to the fall. Yes. Um, I feel like we've got some, some hot days left, though, because you never know what the fuck September's going to bring. Well, today was hot as fuck, I thought. Today was real hot. Yeah, it could be. could be very hot. We never know. We could have just ruined it for everybody. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I am glad we were out of that, like, 10-day-in-a-row thing we went through over, like, 100 degrees or whatever the fuck it was. I'm glad that's over, right? Yeah, that was that was definitely not cool. It was not that fun. No, no. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here. You know, had a good weekend, a relaxing weekend. Not a lot of not a lot of shows this weekend. More of like a hangout kind of vibe, chill-out weekend. And uh, I know you did some fun shit this weekend. What did you do? Oh, yeah. I, I went to uh, the Necronomicon up in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and that was a lot of fun, man, let me tell you. Nice. And uh, – for anyone out there who doesn't know what it is, it's uh, a weird fiction and cosmic horror convention. It's uh, they only have it every two years, and um, it's primarily panel discussions. You know, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of your favorite authors are there. Uh, a lot of this year, there was a lot of filmmakers were there um, doing panels as well, and also showing some films. And it takes place in in couple of different locations in downtown uh, New Haven. So mm-hmm. there was two hotels, the Omni and the Graduate, and they're right across the street from each other. And then mm-hmm. the film stuff was going on at AS220, which is a music venue that was a few blocks away. Cool. And, uh, and then the, there was an art gallery, and I never made it to the art gallery or to see any of the films. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, now, I was, was that I, because you were having such a good time, you know, at, at the other spot or just, well, you know? You know, I didn't, I had only gone up for Friday and Saturday, you know, mm. and, and I was getting too engrossed in all the panel discussions and, um, you know, checking out different stuff that the publishers had available and, you know, talking to other podcasters, you know, they had the Lovecraft, uh, Ezine podcast was there. I got to meet those guys. Oh, um, sir. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff like that. I met, I met a bunch of people, uh, Mike Hunchback, you know, yeah yeah man talked about Mm -hmm. um actually yeah there was like you know paul tremblay was there uh i did not get to meet uh kiera la janice who uh did woodlands dark and days bewitched that uh Mm -hmm. folk horror documentary that was on uh all the haunts brs that box oh right yeah 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 it's funny i'm surprised mary san giovanni and brian keenworth or at least mary san giovanni she's very big in the, in the cosmic horror stuff maybe she's been at prior once i would imagine yeah maybe most likely actually you know what i mean and um yeah, yeah there was there's tons of really really cool stuff man I, I had a great time i picked up a you know bunch of books and artwork mm-hmm. and uh if you guys follow me on instagram i put up a post with all the stuff that i picked up and um yeah it was just uh it was fun man and it's good to be out of town you know to do yeah. something fun and mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah, i had a nice old bed and breakfast i stayed at and uh, yeah, it was just a good time. Then I went to go hang out with some friends up in Boston, outside of Boston, on Saturday night, and I drove back to New Jersey on Sunday. Excellent! Sounds like a great weekend. I have a novel idea. Um, you crazy kids out there can follow 
me on Instagram at INH722. And you can also follow Mr. Hill on Instagram, Mike. And what is your Instagram? Michael DC Hill. And those are oh. on underscores. And the DC is for Daniel Christopher, in case anyone cares. Uh -huh. Yeah. Daniel Christopher. My middle name is Carl. How about that? Like in The Walking Dead, that name that was uh, uttered 8 million times, Carl. <laughs> um, but, uh, and of course, you should be following our own Instagram page, Necromaniacs Podcast, of course. And a lot of you are, which is great because that's where we hear from a lot of you. So thank you for that. Um, it is time for the plugs, Mike Hill. What do you say? Oh, yeah, let's go for it, man. Of course, we have uh, Horwolf666, Brandon Legion. Every Monday? Every mm -hmm. Monday. That's right. Into the Necrosphere on Tuesday. And that's uh, Jackie Smith, my, my buddy. Mm -hmm. And um, that's for black metal, extreme metal, death metal, anything hard and heavy. You can check out his podcast. And I got to be honest, man, I got turned on to like mad bands just listening to his show and he has interviews and, you know, there's a couple breakdowns and news items. There's always like new music on there that I haven't heard, which is really cool. No, I, I agree with that. I myself have checked out some bands from him. And uh, yes, great fucking podcast. I like his opinions a lot. I like that he's an opinionated fella, Mike. I can appreciate oh, yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, um, he also has got uh, Katie Irizarry, who is um, the season of Mist mm -hmm. PR maven. For, for She's the master, the, the mistress of PR at Season of Mist. Yeah, I just placed uh, placed an order, some vinyl from a Season of Mist the other day. Hell yeah. Uh, they always have some lovely prices. So hello, Season of Mist, U.S. mail order. All right. Uh, and on Wednesday, folks, we have Mike Hill's very own Everything Went Black, which you all should be subscribing to. On Thursday, you have Necromaniacs Podcast, of course. You're listening to it right now and on friday you have none other than my brother john draper and shaheen coming at you with break the apocalypse if you want to laugh and you want to think you want to hear some entertaining stuff from their very interesting lives go check out break the apocalypse podcast and there's your week folks hi mike hell yeah man that's uh you know also i want to shout out uh carl hikara and he's got his brand new podcast soul knox which drops on Sundays. I couldn't remember exactly. Oh, <laughs> Saturday okay. or Sunday, cool. but it's on Sunday. Yeah. We're, we're going to add him to the list of plugs. We, we're adding him. Consider him added. I like that guy. We, oh, the squad's growing, man. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We got, we, got, we got a legion now. It's now good. we need like a Saturday one, and then we literally have every day of the week, right? Yeah, we got to find some cool Saturday people. Not a lot of podcasts drop on Saturday, though. Ever noticed that? No, you hmm. know, you're right about that. You know, I think uh, there's the only other weekend podcast I know is the Tell Them Steve Dave podcast. Ah, uh, I used to listen to that. Yeah. That might have been one of the very first I ever even, like, knew of, to be honest. Hmm. I still listen to it. I'm still a big fan of um, of that podcast. And I get, it's just funny. And it, they they literally record that, like, like a half a mile from where our practice space is. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool shit, man. Um, you know, it's funny. You were saying how you, you get exposed to like a lot of new black and, and death metal um, from that podcast. I, there's a hardcore podcast that I love and I'm very picky with my my new hardcore because I play hardcore music and I, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, um, but uh, Axe to Grind that comes out every Tuesday is is literally one of my favorite 
podcasts. Um, Tom Sheen, an old friend of mine, is a co-host, and uh, it, they have exposed me to a shit ton of really good hardcore in the last like year and a half that I've been listening pretty much every Tuesday. So shout out to Axe to Grind. How about that? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I wanted to say, I, I mentioned uh, Brian Keane and, and Mary San Giovanni before. I am, I am reading the book that they put out uh, earlier this year, like the beginning of the summer that kind of shipped out called Things Left Behind. It was that special uh, signed edition from Thunderstorm Books. And there's a short story in here by Brian Keene that is about a convention. And he doesn't like say the name of the convention, but he says that everything in this story is true. And it might be one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life. And it's coming from Brian Keene, someone you do not associate comedy with. Yeah, um, man, you got to imagine <laughs> the kind of stories that guys have has with like all the experience he has doing cons, you know? Yeah. Yes. See, that's the thing. Like, I almost kind of want more of that from him because of this whole his whole con experience. He's been to like a million of them. So it's just, yeah, really funny. But things left behind. Really cool book. Uh, hopefully some of you were able to get it because they only made 574 of them. So, uh. I got mine, but uh, don't mean to rub it in, listeners. But hopefully, some of you got it. But it's it's really fucking good. I'm I hate enjoying that. it. On I, hate, the, uh, I hate. When I'm enjoying it on the subway. <laughs> I hate when shit's too fucking limited, man. You you miss mm -hmm. out on stuff, you know. Uh, I try to give you the heads up on these things, man. I think I actually did give you and and Lou Kohler the heads up on this one. I don't know if he was able to grab it, but uh, it's re really good stuff. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, tonight, folks. We're doing a modern horror film, 2022, right, Mike? A Shutter exclusive, too. Yes, Shutter exclusive. What Josiah saw. Um, I'm going to say this one, I, I believe, came to my attention from one of our many uh, email threads with our friend uh, Rennie Resmini. What about you? Yeah, it was the same thread, actually. That, That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. he, he brought it up. And uh, I know if uh, Rennie recommends something, it's usually pretty damn good. So I checked it out, and uh, <laughs> you know, and now we have yeah, now we have a great episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's funny. The title I was like, hmm, what is this? What Josiah saw? It's got an interesting title. It's got Robert Patrick in it, who's been doing some weird stuff. Okay, the, the minute I hear his name, the minute I see his face, I'm transported back to the wonderful summer of 1991 in the movie theater watching terminator 2 what about you <laughs> well yeah that that's his most iconic role as the as the t-1000 you know that's yeah. that's no doubt about that you know and and what's really funny is he's got a fellow terminator alum in this movie and nick Stahl. how about that that's right also uh, from, from, uh, from sin city he was in that yep yep that's and right man. more more recently he was in a movie called hunter hunter that jeff and i did a while back yeah, I want to check that out. And, and then what I really always think about when I see uh, Nick Stahl is the 2001 Disturber Bully. That's right. Yep. Uh, with Brad Fr Brad Renfro, directed by Larry Clark. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a great movie about a true story in uh, South Florida. This like bullying uh, incident. Um, check it out, listeners. If you have never seen the movie Bully, really good movie. 
Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to call uh, this one the feel-bad horror movie of the summer, Mike. That's what I'm calling what Josiah saw. What about you? It's definitely heavy, but it's in line <laughs> with a lot of, like, it, it has, like, a real literary vibe to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it reminds me of books that I've read by, um, like, Flannery O'Connor or, uh, you know, some something in that vein, like almost like this Faulkner-esque, like, tragedy. Yes. Um, it's funny. I You know, after I, I watch a movie, I always do my post-movie YouTube kind of, you know, internet lookup about it. And this one guy said that it, it almost reminded him of, like, an old co- No Country for Old Men meets yeah. horror. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, Cor- like Cormac you McCarthy. This, you yeah. got it. Yeah, yep, totally. Yep, yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. Like this kind of epic, but really sad story, you know, <laughs> like disturbing. Um, this is far more disturbing to me than No Country for Old Men, although No Country for Old Men has its very uh, disturbing and, and violent moments. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, People are calling this like a Southern Gothic horror, which I can totally back as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I, I went into this very, very blind. Maybe I think I just saw the trailer, did no real pre-reading, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like this movie took me to places I was not prepared to go, Mike. It was uh, mainly Rennie's description of this film that that hooked me, because uh, it is. He said it was like kind of like the slow-moving, atmospheric very disturbing scenes and mm. uh you know kind of this brooding atmosphere and that hooked me right in and of course within moments of watching this movie uh there was like a very disturbing scene like within the last the first like 20 minutes of the film in the first 20 and then at the very end those are the to me some some yeah yeah um now here's the thing before we go further i i i almost feel like we should not spoil the film the ending of the film what about you i think we should especially since not probably a lot of people haven't seen this yet so let's no. let's not no. spoil the film mm. nope yes um yeah what's really interesting is it actually it was shown at fantasia which is this excellent uh festival every like august uh last august of august 2021 but it didn't actually hit shutter till August 4th. It, it, that's the first time most of the, the world is seeing this movie, unless you went to Fantasia International Film Festival last year. So, yeah, it's, it's fucking brand new. We're still in August. You know, it came out two weeks ago. I don't really want to fuck the ending. So, uh, yeah. So, listeners, you're in luck there. <laughs> and we'll the, talk uh, about aspects of the film, though. Yeah, the director, uh, Vincent uh, Grashaw, and the writer... Robert Allen Diltz. I, I don't know anything by these guys. Are you, familiar, no. are you familiar with them at all? I am not, but Grashaw apparently did two other films, and uh, I saw an IMDb comment where somebody was talking about how great one of them was, and it's called And Then I Go. It's not a horror movie. It just said it was a really great movie from 2017, And Then I Go. Um I want to see it. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. You know, just, just because, right? I mean, you know, um, Justin Long has a role in it. So, you know, he's he's somebody. I mean, a lot of the cast is, is very young. I'm checking it out right now. But uh, in the cruel world of junior high, Edwin suffers a state of anxiety and alienation as long as with his, along with his only friend, Flake. 
misunderstood by their families and demoralized at school daily, their fury quietly simmers until an idea for vengeance offers them a terrifying release. Oh, yeah. I want to check this movie out. Oh, hell yeah, man. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And then I go. Hmm. hmm. Sounds very interesting. Another another reference point with this movie too is like I, it almost it felt to me like a Nick Pizzolatto story too. Yes, like a yeah. little, a little bit of that that season one of True Detective vibe, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I read a bunch of uh, Pizzolatto's short stories, and I also read his novel Galveston, and it mm -hmm. has and they actually they made a film out of Galveston. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And it just uh, it has that just like that low life vibe, you know, like kind of fringe fringe sort of people, um, people that are like you know more rural, shall we say, uh, mm -hmm. you know that southern vibe, and and that's was very much front and center in this movie. Yeah, it takes place. Uh, well, it's it was filmed in Oklahoma, uh, and does it take is it take place in Texas or it takes place in Oklahoma as well? I think that they uh, they in sort of hint that it's in. I think you you're led to believe it's Texas, but in some yeah, unnamed yeah. town, you know. Right, right, right. Um, let's run down the cast, shall we? Like I said, we have Robert Patrick as Josiah Graham, Nick Stahl as Eli Graham, his son, uh, Scott Hayes as Thomas Graham, his other son, Kelly Garner as Mary Milner, uh, his daughter. She's married. Uh, Jake Weber as Boone. Tony Hale as ross milner uh and ronnie gene belvins as billy um yeah man i mean it's weird like it, it's at one like hey I'm, I'm watching the movie right it's it's starting and it's going and at one point i'm just thinking to myself yeah this will be like you know one of those shutter movies <laughs> right like i just you know i'm like okay you know it's a little spooky it's a little weird and dark and then there's the scene where he's in the bedroom with his son. And I go, nope, this is not a Shutter horror movie anymore. Um, what about what, what were you thinking at that point of the film, Mike? Well, I, I was kind of digging the atmosphere of the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. uh, I knew that the father was like this ominous figure looming over the son. You know, and, mm -hmm. and I, I went into this thing cold. Like, I didn't know about any who was who, who was going to be what. No, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, where the story was going. And then, you know, it's like that. And once again, it reminds me of like some of the stuff that Cormac McCarthy would have in his stories, like some weird incestuous thing, like, you know, this kind of like father, son, male dominance trip, you know, and it just real, real like brutal. Like, I mean, he didn't rape him, but it was like, no, almost he, like psychologically like fucked with the guy, you know, he, he, he he low key molests his son without touching him. How about that? Except that very well put. Very well put. Yeah. Um, I want to say a little something about the music in this film by Robert Pisicor. Uh, really jarring and disturbing music. What did you think? Yeah, I, I was actually going to try to find this, the score. You know, I, I really dug the score for this film. I mean, hell, it might not exist yet <laughs> as far as uh, any kind of release, but something tells me it might. Uh, as I would say the word of mouth is on this is quite good, um, but we'll get into a little more about the word of mouth and some of the what some reviews have said, because some reviews are wildly negative and then some are these huge leaps of praise. 
Is um, uh, the, the negative reviews have to do with like lack of diversity or something like that? <laughs> or, uh... Uh, no, no, no. <clears throat> um, no, definitely not. Nothing like that. <laughs> lack of pink hair. No, nothing like that. <laughs> um, this isn't this isn't that film. But yeah, it's look, the movie starts off. Like I said, I, I felt like I was going to get something and I got something else and I was very happy that I got something else because honestly, um, a lot of Shutter exclusives, well, they're not all uh, top notch, Mike. Do, do you agree? Yeah, they're here to miss, you know, but I also am really happy that Shutter is an avenue for a lot of filmmakers, you know? And, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, you know, they, they've brought us some really cool stuff. Don't get me wrong at all. But um, like I said, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I, you know, I, I got a much darker movie than what i expected um so we you know it's broken down to three acts the film and in the first act you know it, it kind of focuses uh on the son uh tommy right yeah that's uh the ghost of willow road and that kind of gives mm -hmm. you a little bit of the whole backstory that there's um there's a son tommy and then there's twins eli and mary may mm -hmm. and I'm going to say father, okay? And this is yep. a, a debatable thing mm -hmm. about this guy, whether or not he even exists, I guess. Yes, there's that. There's um, that. Okay, and that's... I want to be very careful how I say that because I don't, you know, I don't want to, like, ruin it for anyone, but... Right, Josiah Robert Patrick's, yeah. Robert Patrick's character, yeah. So one of the main conflicts is the mother Miriam committed suicide, mm -hmm. and that destroyed basically destroyed the family like uh you know tommy we're led to believe was mentally disturbed as a result of the suicide however you kind of get the feeling that he was a little bit slow anyway right yeah from the from the jump um it, it did, didn't help anything as they say yeah but uh he might have been a little off uh to begin with and at the very beginning of the film there are these realtors in in, a, in this you know uh, was it the sheriff's office? And uh, they basically want to buy the house and the land uh, wh where this family lives, the Grams live. And uh, he proceeds to tell the story about the mother's suicide and about how there could be haunted and the family's fucked up, right? So it, it sets it up right there. I thought that was pretty well done, actually, how they, um, they had that yeah. ex exposition. You know, there was like the setting and they kind of, you know, it was... You know, it was one, it, like I said, it reminded me of, of reading a novel, like a really well-written novel. And uh, the, the devices they used to tell the story, I thought were real, it was really cool. Mm. Um, and I actually thought the, the acting in that moment was actually really good. Uh, I'll just say across the board, everyone is quite good in this movie. Uh, would you agree? Absolutely. Great acting. It's shot really well. There's like some really cool, like artfully done, you know, shots. And it really creates this really somber vibe, you know, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The budget is not listed on Wikipedia or, or IMDb. I have no idea what the budget was for this movie, but it, it's, it's a good looking movie. It doesn't look like, you know, a cheap piece of crap. Right. That's right. Um, so we get that kind of set piece. We move on to a, a, the second story and in a way it's almost like a, somewhat of an anthology but not really because they all kind of like come together yeah. um chapter two eli and here. the gypsies 
Eli and the Gypsies. So Eli is a fuck up and he's he's such a fuck up that he was actually in prison for five years for, uh, you know, having sex with an underage girl, um, which is one of the many levels of, of, let's say, I don't know. I don't know if sleaze is the right word, but levels of uncomfortableness in the movie, right? Yeah, he's known as being someone who likes young girls, but you mm -hmm. also get the sense that he's not really a pedophile, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the weird part. He's it's like not like, that they framed him to be this likable great dude. Yeah. But he's more of just like a criminal kind of I don't know. He's but like I a see, low, low level, like a low level criminal. And, and yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's like we don't want to soft sell him banging young girls. Yeah. But he doesn't come across. I don't know that way. It's you, when you see the movie, you might understand what we're trying. But, to say. but there's a huge difference, though, between a guy who likes girls on the young side you know what i mean yeah yeah versus yeah. a guy like, who likes kids you know what i'm trying to say no exactly there's no hint of, of children in this movie no 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 um and then there's you know look all three of these children are damaged so i'll say that and that comes into play later on especially with eli so there is that so yeah eli is is, is criminal he's he's kind of uh being looked at by the local authorities in his part of town because of his you know past and he's a you know ex-con and all that and blah 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 he also um, kind of fucks around with selling drugs here and there you know yeah yeah he's like a yeah. you know scumbag, scumbag. <laughs> right <laughs> so and in another really good scene right he he meets up with uh boone who played by jake weber jake weber's a fucking cool actor huh Yes, absolutely. There's a couple of familiar faces in there, too. There's like B Billy Blair is also in this. Mm -hmm. Another guy that shows up in these genre films, you know? Yeah, Jake Weber, honestly, for horror people, he was in the Dawn of the Dead remake. And he was in Meet Joe Black. Uh, and he was in uh, the long-running TV show Medium. Yeah, he was in, uh, uh, in Beach House, too. Most uh, Yeah, yes, film. Beach House. Yeah, yeah, he's he's does cool shit, man. Yeah. Um. So he he plays like this heavy, like this like criminal heavy. Again, vibes of like a No Country for Old Men, Cormac McCarthy kind of like Southern heavy kind of crime movie moment, right? Yeah, and there's there's especially in this chapter, there's like that sketchy danger. Like you you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen to anyone. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and and this particular setting is very very tense and very uncomfortable and what he act, asks eli to do is like it, it actually did remind me a little bit of so of something that would have been in like true detective you know what i mean like this kind totally, of low totally. life like southern robbery you know like fringe kind of scumbag activity you know yeah and there's even a, a like not like this kind of slow-mo true detective-y kind of like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the right wording for it, but there's like very cinematic moment during this part of the movie, right, Mike? Absolutely. When there, yeah. uh, there's like the the commotion, so yeah. to speak. Uh, he, he basically tells, uh, what do you call it, Eli, since Eli owes him a bunch of money, that he has to go rob these uh traveling gypsies who come to town every year, right? Well, the funny part about that is – 
he it's not necessarily and this is the this is the best part of it because like the you know the he knows that Eli is not a tough guy you know what I mean right so he's not going to give him like the heavy lifting when it comes to the caper so he's just there to back up these two other guys who are doing business like they're the guys who actually work for the the main dude and yeah. he, they're like, yeah, you just sit here and talk to the ladies, man. Keep a lookout. That's literally all he had to do. So it's like, you know, such like sketchy scumbaggery. You know what I mean? And there, it has mm. to do with like gold from, you know, Jewish refugee fillings from the Nazis. Yeah, and, like you know. that was a weird part. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> a little sidebar, right? Yeah, and it's like, and and that's the thing too, man. It's like this movie has just like this seedy vibe to it when it comes to that. So apparently, these uh, these Romani people um, travel around with a a, a, a like a footlocker of uh, mm-hmm. gold, gold, yeah. That was basically f- fillings of Jewish people that were killed by the Nazis. Yeah. So it has like just this fucking baggage, you know, this whole thing is just like unsavory. You know what I mean? Mm. So Um, what's interesting though, is, you know, as they're, you know, they had to rob the joint quote unquote, apparently this, this gypsy family also is in like the child's kidnapping trade. Well, that that was actually yeah. That that's the other part of it too. Is yeah. Is, is Eli becomes on the radar of the cops because this nine year old girl disappears. So the cop comes out to visit him, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I immediately thought of you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like when, you know, if a nine year old girl disappears, I thought about you. And um, so the cops are checking him out. They think he's somehow involved. The gypsies are involved in this uh, thing of abducting this young girl, and they're hoarding this gold. You know, this like Jewish gold or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and then the criminal element is there to steal the gold. And the girl is just this sort of collateral that she's just there, you know. Yeah. But even though, you look, he's he's the quote unquote, the bad guy scumbag. He ends up rescuing the girl and being a good guy. Uh, for the moment, at least. In, inter- right? Yeah, inadvertently rescuing, <laughs> rescuing her. Yes. Yes, um, that, that scene yeah, is very got, cool. It's a cool scene. I mean, th- that whole scene is really cool. It's All got so much and, like just atmosphere and dialogue and like you know, tension and all this stuff, you know. And one of the most notable things is there's a gypsy woman there, like a you know fortune teller, sorcer- mm-hmm. sorceress type woman, and she reads his palm, you know. And of course, he feels like a lot of it's bullshit. Like he doesn't believe it. Oh yeah, my hands are you know calloused from work and blah 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 and all this and then she predicts that he's gonna die soon yes yeah and uh, she also mentions that his mother is burning because of him right um yeah the thing is that we we need to talk about is that the movie is called what josiah saw and at the very beginning of the movie uh josiah has this like weird kind of like waking nightmare where it looks like he almost is having a heart attack, right, Mike? Yeah. And apparently he, he sees the mother burning in hell, right? Right. And also uh, in the very first chapter of this, it's, um, you know, Tommy is saying his prayers and all this stuff. And Josiah mm-hmm. makes it clear that he's not a believer. Until, right. Until. 
until he has this horrific nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, we have to change our ways. We got to be more pure and, you know, practice the word of the law of the Lord and all this. And he Mm -hmm. swears off drinking and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, Which brings us to the third act. And, you know, it may sound like we're giving the whole movie, but we're actually not giving the whole movie. We're giving Uh, very little little away, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The third act focuses on the daughter, uh, Mary, right? And all these names, if you're paying attention, have biblical names. And I think that's on purpose, right? Well, down south, they oftentimes, you know, a lot of these like names, like these southern gothic stories have people with biblical names, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Mary is married and her and her husband are trying to conceive a child and they can't conceive a child. So they're in the process of trying to uh, adopt. But apparently uh, the reason they can't conceive a child is because Mary had a procedure that makes her unable to to get pregnant, right? Right. Which we, you know, was was a little strange if they're, you know, trying to have a kid, but she kind of did that to herself, and it's just, you know, it's like makes you raise an eyebrow a bit, like, well, why did she do that if they want to have a kid? And hmm, you know, um, it's funny because <laughs> Mary kind of initially seems like the most normal one, right? Um, I, I don't know about that. Really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe in like the first moments, like moments, she's fairly like, I don't know, maybe for like a hot minute. She's the most normal one. <laughs> uh, but she is not. She is uh, has severe PTSD and has. Yeah, she's she's got a host of issues and things that she's definitely hiding from the husband. Right. Exactly. And. Now the device, because all all the the brother the, the twins have moved away. They don't live in mm-hmm. the same hometown anymore. So the device that brings everyone back together is this paperwork expressing For the of the home, right? Yeah, expressing that this oil company wants to buy their land so they can mine shale. So mm-hmm. so that's there's a scene where you know we see uh, Eli is in his trailer and he gets this piece of mail and it's like okay, I have to go home. There's going to sell sell the farm. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Mary May. She goes back, and then everyone's together. Now, <laughs> this um, this story also utilizes one of my favorite literary devices of the unreliable narrator, mm. where the story is being told in a way that is somehow flawed by the storyteller. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the, you know when we get into well we're not we're not going to get into the climax but at the climax you'll realize that things weren't what they seem there's no. a bit of like uh the, like the unre- unreliable narrator has been telling this story and the reality is way different than what's being presented yes and what i also do not want to say and i don't think we should say is there's a reveal between uh the twins between um Nick Stahl's character and Kelly Garner's character that is very shocking and is even more shocking than the opening semi-molestation scene of the sun. Would you agree? A hundred percent, man. And yeah. uh, that's, uh, you know, we should maybe do a spoiler section because there's so much to talk about regarding the ending of this. So maybe we should or maybe as a brief follow-up on our next uh, on our next get together, but uh, you know the thing is this: um, it is a new movie, and we do want you to see it. And I think 
we're doing a damn good job, I think. Pat on the back of, you know, talking it up and and telling you how how good of a fucking movie it is. No, I think so, man. And and like you know this this I watched it twice already. You know yeah, I, mean? I need to see it again. And this is a film I've been recommending to people, and it's a film that I've been you know I'm probably going to show to some people and watch it with them and be like, oh yeah, check this out, you know. And it just has this brooding tone to it. Uh, I like the way that it's told in three acts. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah. my favorite obviously is the Eli and the gypsies one, just cause that one's like this, the seediest one, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really, really, really cool. Really, really well done. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, Robert Patrick, like I said, he's been doing a lot of like, like horror stuff, you know, uh, like indie kind of movies and definitely spreading his wings a bit. And, um, it's funny, like, you know, when you do a movie like this, I almost feel like only like a certain group of people are going to see it and a certain group of people are going to recognize your work in it. And it's kind of a shame because, I mean, this, you know, he's later in his career and he's doing some some fucking great shit. Yeah, I you know, it feels like he's he's going through this kind of um, revival in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. maybe not in big Hollywood films. You know, but, right. but he's been he's been out there in the mix, like working, which I think is cool. Oh, yeah. He's he his IMDb is like tremendous, you know. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it has a surprise, this movie. And on top of the surprise, it has a very kind of like, holy shit, taboo moment that I don't want to rob the listeners of, you know. Yeah, because when I saw it, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know but uh yeah i mean it, it's funny now th there's some shit talk on this movie online from people insisting this is not a horror movie it's it's a it's like a dark drama it's where's the horror there's no horror and it's like how is this not a horror movie to i those, mean well it's a psychological horror film because you can say the same thing about Psycho too. Yeah. You know, there's no supernatural element. There's no demons. There's no werewolves. There's no vampires. And and there's no big body count, but it's, there's horrific moments in the movie, right? There's, I mean, there's violence. Um, It gets quite scary at times. I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, yeah, labels, labels, but I look Shutter picked it up for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a quality horror film. Uh, for people to say it's not horror, there's nothing scary in it, and it's I I don't know. I don't agree with that at all. I think it's very unsettling. I think mm -hmm. that that for I have like I have a very liberal uh, point of view about horror. I think that mm -hmm. if the vibe is there, then it's a horror movie. You know. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about, like, a lot of movies. Like, I don't know. Like, I Stand Alone, right? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah mean, the Gaspar Noe uh, film. That's, all right, you you could even make a whole argument in saying Gaspar Noe has never made a horror movie. And you might be right, but you could put some of those movies in the horror fucking family. No absolutely man i mean you know in into the in, into the into the void is is uh you know that that's got that's a horror film in my opinion you know yeah yeah i mean 
things can be more than one thing is what I'm saying. You know? But there, there are things that we accept as horror. You know, like Silence of the Lambs, right? Mm -hmm. You accept that as horror. Anything with a serial killer is like, yeah. there's no supernatural element. There's no, you know, no werewolf in it. There's no vampires or zombies, but it's, it's something that is part of our reality. Mm -hmm. But when you examine it under the, a, a lens, a certain lens and the way the story is told and the vibe that the story creates, it becomes a horror film. Yeah. I mean, look, almost every giallo is a thriller. Right. I, I was, that's a great, and someone could argue that, okay, then almost every giallo is a horror movie. And it's like, no dude, it can be more than one thing. It, it totally can. This is a Southern Gothic dark tale, but it's also quite horrific to me. And it, to me, it's just an example of how in the modern age, we're getting just good shit, you know? Um, I, that's how I see it. Uh, it's funny. Roger Ebert.com. Uh, the site that lives on in his name, as we all know, uh, gave it a positive review and wrote that the film is unapologetically brutal, the kind of haunting drama that feels unsettling and dangerous, even in its quiet character-driven moments, which brings back to what you said earlier. It was like you kind of, you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen next, right? Yeah, because you've, you've probably been in situations with people that are, are like, you know, you don't want to be around them because bad stuff happens around them. And that's the feeling I get with these characters. Mm. You know, that there's just people that I know in my life over the years, not so much these days, but in my younger days, where there'd be people that just are magnets for bad things. And like Eli, for example, that guy just cannot stay out of trouble. Right. <laughs> trouble finds him, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, Dread Central, I think, gets it on the nose here masterful storytelling spectacular performances and an overwhelming atmosphere of dread make what josiah saw brilliantly agonizing psychological horror there you go yeah right on the there right on the nose that's net perfectly put well put yeah and, and film threat examines religion trauma grief sanity and familial bonds in a truly unique way yep agree with that as well well also what makes it kind of a horror film too is what I, what I liked about it is some of the stuff that happens at the end, which we're not going to talk about, which is no. it throws I, I, into, um, it throws into doubt what you're actually seeing. Yeah. You know, whether or not certain things actually happened. Um, and then it superimposes that over things that actually did happen. And I know I read something briefly about there, there are wild speculations about what actually was going on in the film too mm -hmm. there are some people are, are saying like well this is my take on what happened and that's that makes things even more interesting in my opinion you know that people have so many different interpretations of the film you know there's a line in tenebrae some people are dead who should be alive and some people are alive who should be dead that's right. and that's what's going on that's what's going on in this movie that's that's you know to give it uh, a little spice. And I feel, I feel like Nick Stahl is also in like a little resurgence in his career too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he, he went away for a little while or maybe he was just doing stuff that I wasn't seeing, but uh, no, nah, he's a really good actor, man. He's, you know, he he can, he can play the dark shit too. You know, I, I like that these guys are working in genre films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that they're, they're 
kind of making their bread and butter in this genre. And I think there's, there's like, you know, like there's always that story about how actors kind of feel like they, they want to avoid being in, in horror films and, you know, it, it's not good for their career or whatever. I kind of mm -hmm. think that that's gone these days. Like, I don't think people care about that anymore as much. I also agree with that. You know, what's funny, you know what he did? He did the un remember the unaired lock and key. There was a lock and key. They made one episode in 2011 and it was like, for, you know, there was a trailer for it and everything. He was in that. Oh. And then it got put on a shelf and then it came back without him on a different net. Like the whole thing, you know, oh, wow. kind of, yeah, yeah. He was in, he was in that. Huh. Um, I, you could probably find that on, on the gray markets. He was Duncan lock and the, the unaired pilot of lock and key. And, uh, yeah, there, there's that, there was that wonder woman unaired pilot back in the day that I, I used to see for sale at, at like cons and stuff. And, and, you know, and, and now there'll be the, the bat girl, uh, you know, gray market movie one day, if that ever leaks that, uh, you know, was put on a shelf. <laughs> why, why did they do that anyway? Do you know? Oh, uh, who the hell knows? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there's all sorts of speculation as to why they did that to do a little side tangent. Some people say that it didn't test well oh. and that it might not have been a good movie. Other people say it was for, uh the tax money uh there's all sorts of speculation i mean it whatever it is it kind of sucks because there was a lot of people looking forward to it obviously but um yeah we're living in weird times when it comes to content and, and you know to say the least hell yeah definitely mm -hmm. man. off a little tangent there but um yeah man i mean look i enjoyed this movie it is very unsettling I kind of want to see it just one more time, but it's a little bit of a hard watch, uh, but it's definitely worth your time. I mean, what do you, what do you score? Oh, dude. What was I saw? I gave it a 4.5, man. 4.5. I gave it a very, very solid four with a bullet. Um, it's a great fucking movie. Um, you know, I just, I feel like I don't know if I want to watch <laughs> like like the super disturbing stuff these i don't know these days i mean who knows that it was literally almost a 4.5 it really was but i got it down to a four uh but that in no way negates the movie um but yeah it, it's really fucking good it, it it's it'll be a top movie of the year it, it'll be on a, a bunch of lists to say the least i think i'm gonna say that this if you watch it again you're gonna like it this better the second time and mm. you're going to see things that you did not see the first time yeah see that's kind of what i'm looking forward to honestly um because look this was not a dumb movie this wasn't like you know you know a, a body count movie or a fucking teeny bopper movie i mean this was you know pretty serious dark fair so yeah i do want to see it again yeah i liked it so much because it just it just is in line with a lot of stuff that i read and I don't know. I just thought it was it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure uh, Jeff would dig it. Do you know if he saw it? I don't know if he saw it yet. We're gonna we're gonna do a, a, an episode later this week, so I'll ask him. Cool. Um, I gotta tell you, uh, Dash Cam did uh made our uh for, made one for the record books for Necromaniacs where you where you literally both gave it a zero. 
<laughs> yeah, I have to see it just because of that. I was laughing listening to your podcast, Mike. I was laughing at the very end. Dude, it's um, worth as much as I didn't like it, I still <laughs> have to recommend it to people just to fucking experience that movie because it's like you're like I don't know. It's I think it's short. It seems like it's two hours long, but it's only like seventy minutes or something like that. <laughs> and uh and also just like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just definitely see it. Oh, I just want to say as an addendum to what I was talking about, about that Brian Keene short story, uh, the name of the short story is called The Goat, and it's from 2018. And the only other place uh, that people were able to read it was his Patreon. So if you are a Brian Keene Patreon guy, you can read the story and laugh your ass off. Or if you were able to get a copy of Things Left Behind. Um, Mike, fucking hilarious, hilarious story about a con and his experience at this convention. Unbelievably funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I mean, dash cam. Wow. It, it just, it sounds like something I must see. I don't know. I, I, have, I haven't really checked out any of the, the people are leaving comments about it. It's like, or there's like, oh, there's some funny comments on our Instagram about it. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, it's funny when like. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe the zero point zeros maybe uh, sparked some some people to, you know, speak their mind, or maybe people just saw it on their own and were like, Jesus Christ, man, this move. The funny thing about it is, like, I I like kind of hassled Jeff into watching it. You know mm. what I mean? I was like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, you got to see this, man. It, you know, it's, it's not good, <laughs> but we have to do this one. You know. And then I remember wow. that, the day he the night he watched it, he texted me. He's like, "I'm never going to forgive you for this." <laughs> so this like, ninety minutes is not coming back. Yeah. It's not coming back, folks. Unbelievable. But one of the things I did say to him is that the story, in and of itself, is actually a pretty cool story. Like if Clive mm. Barker had written a script or a short story with this plot, it probably would have mm. been good. But mm. it was just so ineptly done, and Annie Hardy is like so unlikable in, in the movie. Uh, that unlikable, but also kind of hot too, like in a weird way. Okay, okay. You know, I'm gonna see it. Like um, hot, hot, and like a not, like a 2002 Williamsburg way. You know what I'm trying ooh, to say? Okay. Yeah. So that that's I'm just gonna leave it at that. You know I I, mean? I know exactly what that means as a, as a 49 year old. I know what that means. Right. Um, what do you call it? <laughs> it's funny. You just said Clive Barger. And what immediately popped into my head was what's going on with the HBO Hellraiser? I, I imagine it's uh, still happening. I hope it is. And I hope it's good. <laughs> now, there's going to be two Hellraisers. I think so. Yeah. What's the other one? A movie? Or, I, I mean, you know, this I should have, I wish I had prepared notes on this, but I believe that there's going to be two, there's going to be a Hulu one and an HBO one. Hmm. Which is that suspicious. That's very suspect to me. Unless the HBO, unless the Hulu one is the only one, but I remember something about HBO having it, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on over there right now with, you know, things happening and not happening. So who the fuck knows? Um, but other than that, it's funny. Somebody posted photos of all of their old Clive Barker paperbacks. Nice. And man, it just hit me right in in the soft feelies and nostalgies. Man, I was just like, oh, I just wish I had every single one of those in my in my home again. Because I don't know where they are. They're all gone. Um, I had like I don't know ten Clive Barker 
like paperbacks when I was a right. younger man. Right. And that cool artwork and the black covers with, you know, the green font or the red font. And it was just like, man, you know, I was like, shit, I fucking love those books. <laughs> there was also a lot of really good comic representations of, uh, of Hellraiser. Yes. To me, one of the very best being the, we might have even mentioned it before, the Marvel's uh, prestige of, of Hellraiser, that, that, uh, their their sub label was it epic comics yeah, epic Remember? comics yep yeah yep. dude those were sick and the artwork was sick and the stories were really like adult and graphic and i mean th there should be like a like a deluxe hardcover of that and i do not believe there is unfortunately so mm. there was also uh tapping the vein yep yes i had those i may still have some single issues of some of these but I, those, those paperbacks, man, I definitely don't have those anymore. You know, dude, yeah. at, at the Necronomicon, there was like, I wish I had about two or $3,000 to spend on, <laughs> on stuff. It was like so many things that like, there, there, there came a point where I was like, I, I get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm just, hell, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I got to pay rent in another week and stuff. Yeah, so dude. it's like, oh, uh, it's like me as of late with like, fucking shirts man yeah. i have a shirt problem michael i have oh. a very bad shirt problem me too yeah um and man some of these some of these boots are just fucking gorgeous and they're made on the comfort colors brand shirt which is literally the best t-shirt brand you can make and it's also the most expensive like wholesale you know if like a band makes like a comfort colors run you know they're probably charging like 30 bucks a shirt um but, you know, if some of these bands I love insist on not making cool designs, then damn it, to the bootleggers, I'm going. I'm sorry, man. It just is what it is. <laughs> yeah, there, there was mad stuff at that, that con. And uh, there were, you know, there were movies, like DVDs of, uh, you know, they had uh, Emperor of Dreams, like the Clark Ashton Smith documentary. Mm. Um, I have that stuff already, but they have, you know, you know it was just there for sale, too, which was great. And it just yeah, was fun. I, I it, wasn't, go, it wasn't like a super big vendor area. It was just very mm -hmm. well well curated. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know what else was this weekend? I mean, uh, uh, now in two years, I definitely want to go to the Necronomicon. Um, uh, Psycho Las Vegas was this weekend. And man, was I getting like the wish I was theirs looking yeah. at all that this fucking weekend because it just looked so fun. I know a bunch of people that went. It just looked like a fucking three-day bacchanal, as they say, Mike. I don't know. I kind of want to go next year. Someday I'm going to go. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I definitely want to go. I, I got invited to go this year by uh, our, uh, my, my friend Retta, who I've like uh, I've pumped her up on this uh, show quite a bit. She's like mm, yes. a good friend of mine out in, uh, in Mesa, Arizona. But mm -hmm. I, ha I had to say no because I, I already had the Necronomicon tickets for like, you know, I've had them since it got announced like almost a year ago. Yeah, I know you have. I mean, dude, Tomb should play that fucker next year. That would be lovely. <laughs> I, I don't know why. We, we we played the very, very first thing that they put on, put on when it was called Psycho California. Hmm. But that's okay. like not even, it's like, it's like not the same thing. You know what I mean? That's not Vegas. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like there was like a, a coffee donut chain in the uh, south called Dippin' Donuts uh -huh. that had the same colors as Dunkin' Donuts. Wow. So, 
So we played the Dippin' Donuts version of Psycho Las Vegas. <laughs> you know, the one that's like kind of has like the same look, but it's not not at all the same thing. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, you know, like I said, it would be great for you guys to play it. Yeah, someday. Next year, I want to fucking go, man. I yeah. mean, I, they always have a cool lineup. And I tell you, if you don't like the band, you go back to your room, you chill out, you go in a pool, you play some slots. I mean, it's it's my kind of fun, Mike. I don't know. Have you been to Vegas? Yes. Uh, I went in 2004 uh, and in 2008, and I have not been back since, but I really liked going there, and so I'm quite quite due to go back again. It's a lot of fun, and hotels are surprisingly reasonably priced in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that's almost on purpose because yeah, they oh, want you sure. to spend. They want you to spend elsewhere, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but it's nice though to go there. Like we we've, we've gone there on tour a number of times, and it's like, you know, we're not there to gamble, but we got these sick like motel rooms for like mm. like fifty dollars a night or something oh, like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I love I like AC, but AC is is you know is not Vegas. You know no, what I'm saying? no, not even uh, close, right. man. I mean, AC is great, but. Vegas is like where it's at. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like a Vegas Junior, but I wouldn't even know if I would even say Vegas Junior. Like it's not it's not even that. Um, <laughs> it's you know sub Junior, but uh, yeah, man. This uh, this was the episode, folks. We went in a few different avenues and alleys, uh, talked about a bunch of different stuff, but mainly we're encouraging you to see this great movie, What Josiah Saw. Right, Mike? That's right. So uh, definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do like an addendum or something, you know, yeah. the next time. Because there's a lot of stuff to talk about, you know. And I want I want to see you. I want you guys to experience this and get back to us of what your thoughts are. And we're, we're I definitely want to talk about the ending at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Once once it's been out a little while longer, um, 100% agree with you. But uh, that was the episode, folks. And please, if you are not subscribing already, you should be subscribing on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or if you're checking us out on Podbean, thank you, or whatever the hell you are checking us out. And again, check us out on Instagram, Necromaniacs Podcast, and on Facebook, if you're still on Facebook. And we thank you for your support. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Good night.
The devil comes collecting, he better hold a six gun in 